When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm your host, Bobby Burton. I'm joined today by Jerry Hamilton, On3 National Recruiting Expert, InsideTexas.com Recruiting Insider. How are you doing today, Jerry? I'm good, Bobby. Uh, finally through the all-star circuit. And uh, now we wait for a pretty much uneventful final signing, uh, second signing period in February. But the uh, portal is definitely taking center stage with uh, guys having pretty much having to enroll by Monday. Yes. Yeah. And that's what we're going to get. That's what we're going to talk about in this episode of uh, On Texas Football. It's our recruiting episode weekly with Jerry uh, as the guest. Um, one quick note, uh, if you're interested, please consider a, a subscription to InsideTexas.com. Uh, it is the place to get uh, the latest in Texas football and recruiting news. Also, if you enjoy this video, please hit uh, the subscribe button to these uh, video podcasts uh, and video casts. And the, uh, that helps Jerry, myself, and the rest of the gang out as we uh, try to build out this, uh, this video uh, programming for you guys. Um, Jerry, let's just get right into it uh, with, the, uh, with the situation right now at the portal. Uh, Texas has had... I wouldn't call it a string of bad luck, uh, but they haven't necessarily found some guys they've been looking for or haven't connected with some guys they've been looking for in the portal. Um, you know, I, I'm talking specifically right now about Devonnie Reed, uh, the safety out of Central Michigan. They didn't offer the safety out of College Station that went to Northwestern, Brandon Joseph. Uh, Brandon Joseph uh, committed to Notre Dame. Um, uh, Devonnie Reed committed to South Carolina. They've also uh, tinkered with Troy Brown, the, the linebacker out of, uh, uh, out of Central Michigan, three-year starter, all-MAC player. Um, but, you know, fast that was last week, except for the commitment of Reed. Those, those all transpired. Isaiah Nayor committed to Tennessee as well, the wide receiver. Right. That all transpired in the last week. Uh, you know, Reed, I think, committed on Sunday or something, but, or Monday. But long story short, you fast forward to this week, and all of a sudden, there's a lot of portal activity. Um, you know, we can talk about it right now. Drew Sanders, uh, f following the national championship game, Drew Sanders out of Denton originally, Denton Ryan, uh, uh, played at Bama a couple of years. He entered the portal. Jalil Billingsley, uh, a former uh, tight end at, at uh, Alabama, was in the national championship game just a couple of days ago. Uh, recruited by Jeff Banks to Alabama, by the way, the current Texas special teams coach. Um, he's in the portal. Uh, O'Shawn Mathis, uh, the defensive end out of uh, uh, TCU, uh, while we're taping this, is not in the portal, but did announce that he's transferring from TCU today. Um, and then Mario Williams, a wide receiver from uh, OU via uh, the Southeast Florida, uh, is on an official visit to Texas. Uh, uh, both Xavier Worthy and Jade Barron were uh, uh, taking pics of uh, 
the Vince Young Steakhouse, Steakhouse last night official visit. I'm saying all of this, and I, I feel like I'm just over and over and over talking about it, but it's weird how the portal, it, one week it's, it's all bad news. The next week it starts anew. I mean, where do you even see this right now with Texas? I, I think it's very difficult to like uh, hone in on something and like make any predictions. I, one of the things is that, that's interesting about the portal so far, I, I, when it's not the official, when you're not in that official visit window. So for the people listening to this that don't understand the rule, and I'll be honest, I haven't understood all these rules, but it's seven days before semester starts, you can bring a transfer, somebody in the portal in on an official visit. So Mario Williams is on an official visit to Texas right now. Any kids that decided before that seven-day period, like Isaiah Nayor, you know, he's never been on campus at Tennessee. He went to Tennessee. Um, you know, he made a trip out to USC to walk around campus on his own dime. Uh, probably did a FaceTime. There's no face-to-face, -face, but he probably did a FaceTime with the USC coaching staff. But one of the things I've found is you have to be – you almost have – you have to have somebody in your football office assigned to the portal and hit these kids immediately. There's no waiting two days to get in on these kids. I mean, you know how we always used to talk about, well, this was the first school to offer player X in high school. It means more in the portal than it ever does on a scholarship offer for a high school kid because these kids are faced with quick decisions, quick turnarounds. Um, so at being, being on top of the portal and already saying, okay, you know, making that decision within half an hour or an hour of a kid jumping in the portal, whether we're gonna go after this guy, um, is, is, is paramount to me. You know, Texas offered the DN transfer from Albany, but they were a week late offering that kid after 15 other programs did. And by that time, it's too late in the game. Um, so that's, that's one of the things these colleges are facing as you continue to grow out these player personnel departments. Now with the portal, you have to be really on top of it. Um, you know, so the Mario Williams is very interesting to me. Uh, look, he's, he's a kid I was around a lot. He played in the Under Armour game, had him at Under Armour camps uh, from sophomore year up. Um, you know, he's from the Tampa area, Plant City High um, down there. Uh, not Tampa Plant, but Plant City. There's definitely a difference there, um, uh, but they're very close together. He's an interesting guy to me because he's tied to Caleb Williams. I think if Caleb Williams doesn't end up at USC, that helps Texas chances. But again, these kids have to have decisions by Sunday. I mean, a lot of these schools are starting a second semester on Monday. So, you know, these kids are going to be faced with making these quick decisions, uh, quick turnaround decisions and having it out of the way and made by Sunday. Um, so they can get moved in to where they're going um, and, and get enrolled in classes and, and get going in the off-season program with spring football, what, a month away. So it, it, this is quick turnaround for these guys. And there's pressure not only on the colleges, but there's pressure on the kids and their circles and families to have these decisions made. I think you look, I'm, I think Oshawn Mathis is the surest thing for Texas right now, obviously with the Gary Patterson uh, going to be joining Texas, right? I mean, we all know that at this point. Um, and O'Shawn Mathis announcing that he's leaving TCU. I mean, that's he's from Maynard. I mean, that one's pretty, that one's pretty, pretty easy one. And I think that one's a big one for Texas, actually, because that's maybe, I mean, people would say wide receiver, but just because Xavier Worthy kind of stands alone right now, even though Brennan Thompson's coming in, but Edge has to be the 
position of the biggest need in the football program entering spring practice. That has my, to be. There's no hey, way around. My, my whole article yesterday is where's the pass rush still going to come from? Right. Like, they still, I mean, you could, that guy was not in the portal until yesterday or even Mathis isn't even in as we're speaking right now. So, if, you know, but Drew Sanders also potentially yep. provides some of that. Yeah. Um, in, in, in one play, if, it, it, you know, look, if Texas, you know, if, if they hit the, if they hit the lottery and got both of those guys somehow, one plays Jack, one plays Buck. I mean, they don't play the same position. They play different positions. Uh, and Drew Sanders is not a kid void of talent. Obviously, signed with Alabama. He's had a lot of injury history issues over the years. Um, and he was a somewhat productive player for Alabama this year until Dallas Turner, the true freshman, will be a first rounder one day, came on. Um, and I think people saw him in the national title game, what he's going to become. Um, but so Drew Sanders, after Christopher Allen went down for Alabama, Sanders got his opportunity, started three or four games until some of those freshmen like Dallas Turner came on and just kind of, you know, uh, won that job long term. So that opened up uh, Sanders to transfer. Um, and, you know, look, Texas, Texas wants Drew Sanders. Um, you know, they've been in contact with the right people. So have a lot of schools. I talked to somebody that's really close uh, to Sanders yesterday, and, and they fielded two dozen calls. And half of those calls were more, this is how it's going in the portal. Half of those calls, Bobby, were, does he already really know where he's going? Are we wasting our time here? Or should we actually make the call? And I think that's kind of the portal process right now, because a lot of the kids that enter the portal already know where they're going. It's already predetermined. Uh, maybe it's a somebody who recruited them that's out of a different school you know, or, you know, they know somebody on staff or somebody in their circle knows somebody just from an opportunity standpoint. So I think that's one of the things the colleges are kind of wondering when these kids hit the portal is, do they already know where they're going or do we recruit these guys? Well, the case is uh, Sanders with Texas. Texas knows Sanders is very interested. Uh, Sanders knows Texas is very interested. Uh, Arkansas and a bunch of others are trying uh, and we'll see if he pops up on a campus today, tomorrow or Saturday. Let me ask you this. Let's let's go back to to, to Mario Williams, right? Um, here's a guy, uh, 35 catches, 380 yards, four TDs for the Sooners this past year. Smaller guy, right? Um, so he's definitely a slot, uh, most likely. Even though he has outside speed, right? He has he has deep speed, correct? I'm just yeah. You know, he wasn't quite as explosive as I thought he would be this year. Um, maybe he's gained a little weight transitioning to college. You know, you never know how those guys are going to be, but He's, he's a really, really good player in the slot. Yeah, I mean, I thought – I mean, he, he was one of the bright spots for, for OU in a passing game that was somewhat anemic at times comparatively uh, right. to their normal – normal. Right? But it, it, I'm just talk, going back to his recruiting. Jeff Banks was recruiting him at Alabama, right, when he mm -hmm. actually chose OU. So that's – there's a tie there. Yes. Obviously, you saw what uh, the Longhorns did this year with Xavier Worthy. So he, he's not afraid to, to – be in that sort of offense and then there's something that i found was really interesting you mentioned plant city in tampa it is a baseball mecca big time yeah i mean people don't realize tampa dwight good and i mean uh, a lot of guys come out of gary uh, sheffield all of them yeah yeah, yeah all, a lot of guys come out of tampa um over the years mario williams also it's my understanding met with the texas baseball coaches yeah. and was was talking about playing trying to play at least keep up with both sports um, uh, at a place wherever he went. Is right. that something that, that plays in Texas' favor too? Or, uh, and then there's one other thing I want to mention, okay? 
at USC, which you mentioned is probably the, the top competitor for him. They've already taken a wide receiver from Washington out of the portal. It looks like Jerry Rice's son um, at Colorado yep. is transferring to USC. They've already, they're bringing back, I think they're two of their top three receivers from last year. Right. And that's not a position void of talent. Right, exactly. <laughs> not at USC. No. I mean, and, and no. so at what point um, does the tie to Caleb Williams perhaps not come as strong um, if uh, if you're Mario Williams and have all these other factors leaning? Look, I mean, if Steve Sarkeesian, Brennan Marion, uh, Kyle Flood, and the whole guys on the offense say, here's the slot pos- receiver position, you're it. Because they don't, you don't know what Jordan, Jordan Whittington's, you know, I've talked about Drew Sanders never having a health, fully healthy season. Jordan Whittington's never had a fully healthy season. There's been talk that he might want to try at safety. I, I don't see that. But, you know, um, so the opportunity is right there in front of Mario Williams to come in and be a 50, 60 target guy or more next year. And you know what? Hey, you want to go swing the uh, aluminum? Feel free. You know, we'd love to have you over there, too. So it's an easy sell for Texas right now. And we'll see how tied Mario is to Caleb, because I think you bring up a great point, Bobby, the opportunity is in Austin for Mario Williams. I mean, there is no doubt about that. And the other thing that would be big, you know, if Texas could get a Mario Williams, it would afford them time to develop Brennan Thompson, get him on the field, but not rush him into a situation because look, he's, he's extremely talented. You and I both know that he's one of the fastest players in America, but he's coming from Spearman. That's a big jump since he's not an early enrollee to major college football when you're playing Alabama week two, playing slot receiver. So that would afford that luxury of bringing him along a little slowly and then really bringing him in. If you have it as Xavier Worthy and Amario Williams, you can bring Brennan Thompson in and he's going to be work a favorable matchup at that point. So there's a lot on the line for Sarkeesian with this Mario Williams recruitment. But here's the other thing, Bobby, not to cut you off. You also have to be patient in the portal. Because who knows what's going to happen after after spring practice? What if Jordan Addison, after spring practice, jumps in the portal? Doesn't like the new quarterback situation at Pittsburgh. Ah, this isn't what it was with Kenny Pickett, and he jumps in the portal. The worst thing ever is to not have a spot for him. So there's got to be some patience in the portal, I believe, right now, too. you got to hit a, two or three of those needs, but you also have to hold off and have a couple of spots for uh, uh, post-spring. Yeah, I, I agree with that, and I'm looking at it right now. And Texas already taken two with Quinn Ewers and Ryan Watts. I think that those were, I mean, Ewers was the, you know, you could make an argument that he's the most important recruit out of the entire Texas recruiting class, no doubt. right? Um, uh, especially given that uh, Char- our, um, Casey Thompson ended up transferring and the fact that Ewers is just so talented. Right. Um, and then Ryan Watts, the other one also uh, coming. But if you add, let's just say Texas gets sweeps here they get Mathis Sanders Billingsley and Mario Williams that's four that gives them six it's my understanding they only take seven is that correct yeah you've got one spot spot left for maybe one more wide receiver after the spring yeah and and that's a that's an interesting group because if you don't uh you don't see that uh if you don't hold that spot and what if it's two guys I mean what if uh you know we just don't I mean it's just interesting to me well, well here's the, here's your scenario here's your worst scenarios could you imagine quentin johnson and jordan addison jumping in the portal after spring practice and have to tell one of them you couldn't take them 
I mean, that's the worst case scenario of all time, right? I mean, that's two yeah. NFL, that's two highly draftable NFL prospects at wide receiver. And the likelihood of that happening is low, but who knows nowadays? I mean, who, who can predict this stuff? Yeah, it, I, I think it's it's an, it's an amazing time to, to watch it all um, transpire. I would say the other and, thing. And, hey, Bobby, and one more thing. When Gary Patterson's officially announced at Texas, who knows? I mean, other, what other TCU defensive guys might want to see an opportunity? They played Texas. They're probably like, well, this team can't stop the run. I can go start there. You just don't know. That's the hard thing right now is managing. We always talk about managing your numbers with a signing class. It's much more difficult to manage your numbers in the portal nowadays. I think I think it's it's definitely hard because I, I'm looking at it in in so Gary Patterson apparently is on campus in at Texas uh, as Eric uh, Naline, uh, Inside Texas publisher, reported on Sunday. That appears all but a done deal uh, for for them to officially announce it. The timing of the official announcement is a different story, uh, but uh, that looks like it's happening. But you know, I go back to what we talked about, Jerry, um, prior to this all beginning. What were the needs for Texas in the portal? Quarterback, right? Yep. Edge was the other one. Um, we originally thought offensive line until they did so well in, in recruiting the high school length. Then we said wide receiver, safety, linebacker. Yeah. You know, um, they ended up taking a, a DB that they think could help them because of the length. That's Ryan Watts, uh, but not a safety. Um, and so They've got five spots here. Um, they've got some really good guys that are on the, I mean, these are not, these are starters. I mean, so, um, you know, what, tell me, we haven't talked about him much, um, but tell me what you know about Jaleel Billingsley and his entry into the portal. He looked like he got beat out by a guy that was more willing to be a, a plus blocker uh, down in Alabama this year, but always also a pretty good receiver as well. So tell me yeah. what you know about him and, and, and that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Billingsley was a guy that Alabama was extremely high on a year ago. I mean, there was some thought that, well, you know, if he has a good season this year, he could be an early NFL draft pick, you know, a second, third round type of guy. Obviously, that didn't happen. There's been talk about, you know, that he wasn't a vaccinated player at Alabama. And, and so that was kind of putting himself over team. Um, and, you know, did that put him in the doghouse or did not blocking consistently put him in the doghouse? You know, well, only Nick Saban truly knows that, right, in the staff at Alabama. Uh, but he is not without tout. The question with Billingsley is, is he going to block at a high level? Um, and, you know, look, that's probably an area Texas has really struggled. Not probably. Texas has struggled with at that position. So um, it, it's got to be a requirement. And it's in 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 somebody's got to be willing to do that. So uh, the pass catching, the athleticism, none of that's in question. It's, it's are you going to be an all-around player and become that NFL player that people thought you were a year ago? The difference between him and the And he's other from the Chicago area originally, by the way. Yeah, the difference between him too and all the other receiver, uh, all the other tight ends at Texas is the ability to stretch the field right. vertically. Yeah. Um, I think that's, Sark sees that and looks at a different caliber tight end that can do more things uh, than, I mean, as good as Jatavian Sanders could be potentially, he can't run like Jaleel Billingsley. No, and just think about what that does for your offense. If you can put the linebacker on his heels or get him thinking that I could get beat, then that takes him a step away 
from reacting to the run game, right? And that step away is the difference between a four-yard run and a six-yard run. Yeah. And so those small little factors are huge in the grand scheme of things when you're talking about maximizing your offensive capabilities. You mentioned O'Shawn Mathis as well, and he's an interesting player to me. Texas did not – why did Texas not offer him coming out of high school? Yeah, I don't, I don't remember that one, Bobby. Honestly, I don't um, – you know, he wasn't the most highly recruited guy. I, I think he came out – I could be wrong. I think he was 215, 220 pounds. He's now, what, 6'3", 260. Um, so he was a guy that, from what I remember, he maybe had the Purdue's of the world, you know, the lower Big Tens on him. Uh, but I'd have to look back at his official visit and his re recruitment. But that was to my – he was not a kid we had in a camp. So that was that's the best of my recollection on that one. Gary Patterson special. That, yeah. That's what that is. To, went yeah. into the, to, uh, the Longhorns' backyard, Maynard, yeah. and uh, got, a, got a commitment, developed him. Um, we talked about pass rush. Nine sacks in 2020, only four in 2021. Um, accounting for uh, – really no accounting for that, that, that drop. But, um, you know, he brings a pass rush to Texas – that is something that Texas has identified as something they absolutely have to have and get better at. Um, does he do that for them almost immediately? You think, um, is he, is he that type of player? Yeah, I, I think, I think he is for sure. I mean, I think he's easily the best pass rusher in the program. The second he puts on the pads, um, you know, so I, I definitely think he's a difference maker for Texas. I don't think there's any question about it. I think people worked away from him more this year now. And that's the, the other thing is, there's another big time guy over at TC, Kari Coleman, the freshman from New Orleans, who is an undersized guy, 6'2, 225, coming out of high school, but he's been tremendous at TCU. So that's kind of what I'm talking about, too, with the portal is who knows what's going to happen? I mean, O'Shawn Mathis goes to Austin after the spring. Kari Coleman may decide he wants to go to. You just don't know. That's why you better have a hold spot because you could get really well on the edge quickly because those two guys are much better than anybody Texas has coming off the edge. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, you think that that Mathis would play the Jack, which is where Jet our Jacoby Jones started the season right. at. Um, he's a bigger guy than Jones, better, more explosive player than Jones. Um, Jet Bush got got you know he he played a lot of time. He just did not play that position well, especially against the run. Um, and then uh, Alfred Collins got pushed out of position there, right. uh, almost, and so he wasn't nearly as productive as he could have been out there. Um, so, so that's, that's where he would play. Drew Sanders would be more of the buck, which is where Ray Thornton played a year ago, correct? Yeah, I, I think that's correct. I, I think that I, absolutely. But now, one person that I talked to about Drew Sanders doesn't think it's out of the question. He can line up as an off-the-ball linebacker either. They think he's that type of – and I think he's that type of athlete. So that may be – he could bring some positional value to Texas because, look – they need edge players, but the one it looks like the one position that they have not filled in recruiting or the portals linebacker. Off the ball, not immediate for sure. Not immediate, not immediate yep. for sure, right? So, yep. could could a Drew Sanders maybe uh, get some looks there in the spring too, and kind of see where he fits best? Yeah, that that would be very very interesting. Um, Jerry, you, you're looking at this right now, and I'm asking you to to kind of guess, but. Matthew Sanders, Billingsley, Williams, Tech. You think Texas signs any of those guys eventually? Um, 
Yeah, I do. I mean, I, I do. I, I'm not sure tight ends going to be where they go. Um, I, I think they have good tight ends in the program. And, you know, at that point, can it become a log jam and where kids kind of start questioning why they're still in Austin, right? I mean, so you have to weigh all that stuff in the portal. Um, you know, and I think the needs at edge are so great um, that – they can't miss there. They have to get guys there. So I do think Matt, I I think I'll bet on Mathis um, and I'll slightly bet on Drew Sanders until I hear something different. Gotcha. And, and Mario Williams, you still think even with the visit, you think USC or where Caleb Williams goes? Yeah, I'd be totally guessing Bobby. That one's going to be a tough one for me um, until I see what's going to happen with Caleb Williams. Let's talk about he's in a big pool. This is the reality though. You, you and I have been covering recruiting for 20 plus years. Um, we don't know. The, the portal guys, it, it's totally different recruiting them than it is the high school guys. Correct. The kids are more, the kids are now a men, right? First of all, yep. they're making more adult, mature decisions. Um, and they are, um, in my opinion, playing it closer to the vest about what they're really thinking until they, until they make the decision. But here's the other part of it. These kids, some of these kids are picking schools without ever setting foot on campus. And that makes it very difficult for all of us in the business to say, okay. I mean, look, I I know somebody really close to Isaiah Nero. Last week at the end of the week, before he, whenever it was, before he committed to Tennessee, he he had the visit scheduled to Ole Miss in Texas this next week. Um, and they were like, yeah, you know, Tennessee's all in. They want him really bad, but he hasn't set anything up at Tennessee. Well, then he up and commits to Tennessee. He's never been on step foot on campus there. So that's the thing you're – the different thing that you're dealing with with a portal is these kids are – I'm not going to say they're making rash decisions, but they're making quick decisions because they're kind of forced to if you if you leave after December. Um, so if you can't take an official visit, you don't want to wait for that official visit process. If you want to find your home because you know, okay – School X is saying, we got one wide receiver spot. You take it, take it or leave it. And some of these kids are taking it. So I think that's, that's the interesting thing with the portal is kids aren't always going to make the visits. They're not always going to step foot on campus. And that's a game changer in our business. Yeah. I bet, I bet Billingsley ends up at Texas. I'm just, just something tells me that, that that's going to happen. I, I think Mathis ends up at Texas and I think the rest of them, you know, I, I, <laughs> I, you know, we'll wait and see um, how it all plays out. I do, I do find it interesting, Jerry, uh, about the quick nature of the turnaround that we're going to find this stuff out at, right? Yeah. I mean, I think Texas starts class on Tuesday of next week. Correct. And I mean, so literally, they, these, these guys are going to have to have their decisions within the next seven days or six days, um, be on campus and going. And so this is like, this is even more high stakes in some ways than national signing day or waiting for a player's commitment, because this is, there's a finality to this with these guys that boom, it's done. I'm there for spring ball. And it is especially more high stakes for the programs that are in dire need. I mean, if you're looking at five and seven Texas last year, you're looking at Josh Heupel. I mean, Isaiah Nair is a huge gift for Josh Heupel. I mean, he's has a 6'3", 210 pound guy that can run now that really looks like one of those guys that you can go up against Florida and Georgia and with I mean so it's really high stakes for the programs that are trying to ascend I mean you miss out on three four of these guys you know look if Texas missed out on all these guys 
and they start spring practice with Quinn Ewers and Ryan Watts as their guys from the portal, we're going to be saying, ooh, that's, that wasn't a good three-week run now. That leaves a lot of holes headed in the next season that aren't going to likely be filled. So the stakes are extremely high for the programs who are trying to send. Yeah, I, I think it's interesting. This is a new – we're entering a new era of recruiting, and we've already entered it. We're not entering it. I mean, it's, it's here. Um, I, I almost wonder – you know, this is the other thing I wonder, uh, why is there a seven man limit on intakes of, of transfers when frankly, there's going to be more than seven that go out the door that times. Right. So right. why, why limit that transfer amount? Why does the NCAA do that? You have any, any inclination of what they were thinking there? I don't have any inclination. I actually was on a, had this discussion come up. I was doing a, a Sirius XM radio with Matt Schick and Luganville, who I, Tom Luganville, I used to work with. And we, the, the discussion came up because it's an interesting one. I think, another, but I don't have that answer, but I think another interesting part of this moving forward, Bobby, I'm of the belief there needs to be a three, two week pin uh, windows for the portal to be open. I, I just think right now it doesn't work. It's just everything's at chaos and out of whack. The early signing period in December needs to be changed. You can't have the portal open this much where kids are just going to up and leave during a season. I mean, it can't be that way. They're, they're, everybody, NCAA, college coaches, whoever makes it all, they're going to have to come together on this and make, make take the chaos out of this a little bit and make it more a smoother process because right now it's out of control. I mean, look, if you change, I know this is a different discussion, Bobby, but if you change a head coach right now, the last week in November, you lose a recruiting class. You lose a recruiting class with the early signing period. It, that's it's. I know life's not fair, but you can make that more fair. It doesn't have to be that way. And so now you say, okay, college coaches are um, having to deal with the portal. They're having to deal with a, a, signing an early recruiting class in December. Imagine being a new coach that makes a coaching change. Good luck. I mean, what did Billy Napier sign? Nine guys? Yeah. Nine guys? Here's my thing about the portal that people don't realize, Jerry. Um, there are roughly, of the top 120 programs in the country, 125, Division One, FBS, whatever you want to call it, um, there are roughly 10,000 guys on, on rosters, Right. So okay. roughly 10,000 Division I college football players. Okay, 1,500 or so are in the portal right now. That's 15%. Yeah. I mean, that is an outrageous number, and it's an annual number. Yes. So really, if, you're, if you talk about over a four-year period, that's going to be 60% of turnover through, I, I mean, that would be insane. I mean, yeah. that would be a 60% of your roster is going to turn over through the portal at some point. Um, that, that is a, I don't know what the numbers are going to look like when we look forward to this two or three years from now, whether or not uh, somebody will create a, a better way, a better mousetrap for the portal or a better um, situation on early national signing day versus post. Um, but I do know uh, to your point, um, it is, it's arrived and it hasn't, as expected, it hasn't been perfect. Right. Um, I do believe, and I don't know, I'd like to know your thoughts on this. Are you for players being able to transfer without sitting out? Is, that's the, that's the rule that really opened the portal up. So it, I am for it once because to me, the, 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 the part that has been most 
not fair about this whole process is college coaches can leave whenever they want and a player couldn't without penalty. I just, I, I think a guy should be able to transfer one time without penalty and play immediately. I, I, I do. And I think after that, you know, sitting out a year, I'm four. Uh, because look, I, I think, you know, and it was talked about last year when I was at North Shore, some of their coaches were talking about um, Shadrach Banks. What they told Shadrach was you got your freebie. So this, the next decision you make better be the right one. And that's the advice they gave to Shadrach when he was going through that process after leaving AM after one semester. Now, the people that say, well, no, they should just be able to transfer all the time is now Shadrach goes to TCU, Gary Patterson's out. And so he's again faced with going into a spring practice with a new staff. So, I mean, I, I still think one time without penalty is where it needs to be. And after that, you have to sit a year uh, because I don't think you can just pick up bags and leave every year. I, I don't think that's good for the sport. I don't think that's good for college athletics. Uh, I, time out. I got to make a comment. You said pick up bags. You meant actual, like your luggage, not <laughs> your luggage. Sorry. Not NIL bags. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, yeah. that's the other thing that's factoring into the portal now. I mean, the people are, you know, whoever's on top of NIL can get these kids really quickly wrapped up really quickly. I mean, let, let's be real. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. Um, so, Jerry, I think that's going to be it for today. I, I, I'm interested. We may come back and do a special edition on the portal next week uh, because I think that there's going to be enough decisions oh, yeah. made. There may be even more kids entering the portal this week. Uh, we're not sure if, if the entire group is done at a couple positions. So you mentioned uh, some guys as well. Um, well, and Bobby, the, re and the reason we need to have that one is because, look, after classes start Tuesday, you'll know – who's returning to Texas and who's not jumping in the portal late at the, currently on the Texas team. Yeah. I wonder if they even welcome them back. You know, <laughs> that that's the question I have. I mean, once you put your name in, it's my understanding you no longer have, you have that scholarship through that semester. Right. And so would Texas welcome some of those guys back that put them in? I, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. The well, and you're also that. surviving a late guy that throws his name in the portal and messes up your numbers going in the spring. Yeah. So that's going to be, you know, because there's been, we don't want to pull up guys' names on this, but there's been some guys rumored on the defensive line that they could leave. Well, they haven't yet. And yep. if you survive that, then, you know, going into the spring, what you have. Yeah. I, I would say this too. I mean, we're also waiting on Cameron Dicker's uh, decision, uh, the kicker. Uh, he may or may not be going pro. Uh, he could take an extra year. Uh, that would be big. Uh, and so we'll, we'll get going on that, Jerry, later. Uh, but uh, thanks for joining me on this edition of On Texas Football. We've been talking about the portal. Uh, Texas uh, very much involved with a handful of high-end prospects here and, and expecting a decision within the next six to seven days. Jerry, for Jerry Hamilton, I'm Bobby Burton. Thanks for listening to this edition of On Texas Football.